And now it's time for us to discuss more of these headlines in simple keywords with Adam joining us on the line. Good morning, Adam. Good morning, Lena. How are you this fine and slightly chilly morning? It is chilly, right? And I do yeah. find a little bit of, yeah, pleasantry in, in the chilliness this morning. I, I'm not a big fan yeah. of summer heat, particularly in Seoul. Yes, it's nearing that real like <laughs> summer heat uh, very early on, isn't it? Apparently June's going to be uh, one hell of a month in terms of monsoon rain and uh, heat, I, I yeah. heard. Yeah, um, unpredictability longer uh, monsoon seasons these are all red flags in our in our battle against climate change but that's perhaps yeah. safe for another day good morning to you adam <laughs> good morning <Dana. laughs> let's jump into our keyword news portion of the day we're going to try to clarify some of these major headlines for you and this is our first pick of the day nuclear experiments so there are more signs emerging that North Korea is ready to conduct its seventh nuclear test this year. The only questions remaining are if and when it will take place. What's the latest? Right. Well, uh, North Korea has apparently been testing a nuclear detonation device uh, or a triggering device, apparently in preparation for uh, an imminent nuclear test. That's according to Kim Tae-hyo, who is the first deputy director of the National Security Office. Now, he told reporters that the experiments have been taking place at a location away from the usual Pungiri nuclear test site. That's where the previous six have happened. Um, he didn't specify the location. Uh, Kim also said the possibility of an imminent nuclear test in the next day or two is actually quite low. But after that, of course, there is certainly a, a possibility. There have been reports and uh, some suggestions that it could come as soon as uh, maybe at the end of this month or in the coming days after mm. uh, Biden's uh, trip to South Korea and Japan, but that hasn't uh, happened. Um, he said he could not predict uh, when the nuclear test would take place. So he's, he himself isn't really uh, sure on when to pinpoint uh, a time frame. Um, as for yesterday's missile launches by North Korea, Kim confirmed that earlier assessments uh, that they involved one ICPM, uh, possibly of the newest Hwasong-17 model, and two short-range ballistic missiles. Now, he stressed that the SRBMs should not actually be downplayed, as launches were likely uh, uh, intended to improve their nuclear delivery capability as well, which should, of course, add to concerns um, of uh, the, the North Western weapons program. Mm. Um, and he also claims there was a political motivation behind the test firings as well, uh, if we look at the timings of it, yesterday's launches happened just before U.S. President Joe Biden landed in the U.S. after his swing through Asia. Um, they also came a week before the June 1st local elections as well. Uh, and so these, according to him, are basically testing Korea and the U.S.'s security readiness and uh, the systems and trying to fluster them. Uh, with these test firings. Um, and of course, these test firings, so their launches have sparked anger from both South Korea, uh, the US, uh, as well as Japan as well. Uh, the top diplomats actually spoke over the phone um, after the launches and condemned them as a grave uh, provocation. The same mm. comments made by President Jun sung yeol as well. Mm. Um, so there's been a lot of rumors and reports and predictions about a nuclear test. Uh, they haven't happened yet, um, but more signs are pointing to a possibility mm. that it will happen. 
Now, despite these provocations, it seems like the United States is keeping steady on its previous promises of uh, approaching humanitarian issues with a different angle, or separately, at least. This is our second keyword of the day. COVID support. So the, despite these provocations from North Korea comes with stern warnings from the United States, uh, the country is sticking with its stance of wanting to help the regime fight off the pandemic. That's right. Uh, Deputy Assistant Secretary of State Mark Lambert said the U.S. position remains unchanged, even in light of these most recent what he called escalatory actions. Uh, he told a virtual press briefing that Washington will continue to support humanitarian assistance and Uh, the provision of COVID-19 related assistance. And he noted that Washington has also, has always rather, viewed humanitarian assistance as a separate issue from the North's denuclearization. Uh, He reaffirmed the US's commitment to engage with Pyongyang in dialogue without any preconditions as well in Mm -hmm. terms of denuclearization. Uh, Pyongyang has of course avoided nuclear talks with the US since late 2019. It's also still rejecting outside help for its battle against COVID. Uh, Reports do suggest, though, that the only aid it's getting from uh, in in terms of the outside is from China, Mm. although there hasn't really been any confirmation on that. Mm. Uh, There's been a few planes spotted, apparently, Mm -hmm. coming to and from the two countries. Um, Now, Lambert also insisted that another nuclear test by North Korea, if it happened, would not deter the governments in Washington, Seoul and Tokyo from Uh, working closely together to keep them secure. He actually said the trilateral alliance will actually become stronger. Mm. Um, South Korea's presidential office also said there would be no change in Seoul's stance in wanting to help the North uh, fight uh, the COVID-19 virus as well. Mm. Uh, The top office just added that it's waiting for a response from Pyongyang, which hasn't come yet. Mm. Uh, And it's added that the door remains open always in terms of humanitarian assistance and this fight against the pandemic. All right, let's move on to our third keyword of the day. Second Nuri launch. So a date for that second launch of South Korea's homegrown space rocket Nuri has been set June 15th, as you mentioned in our headline. Uh, Let's talk about the details. What else should we know about the launch? Usually the time of the launch is pretty specific, dependent on weather. That's mm-hmm. the only obvious reason I can come up with, but there's a whole checklist. <laughs> there is a whole checklist. I won't get into too much details because I don't know too much about <laughs> rocket launches either. Uh, but uh, yes, June 15th, which is a Wednesday, is the uh, date that has been set. Uh, the launch time is some is said to be around in the afternoon. Some say between 3 and 5 p.m. There mm-hmm. hasn't really been a confirmation on that. Uh, Now, the whole date uh, of the second launch, it comes about eight months after the first launch, which actually failed to complete its mission of putting this dummy satellite into orbit. Now, the launch control committee left a window of backup launch dates as well from June 16th to 23rd. Mm. Of course, that's in case of the bad weather that you've been mentioning or other issues that could be technical or mechanical or engineering. Um, this time, though, Nuri will be attached with actual satellites. So it's a real test of whether it can put these mm. into uh, orbit. Um, they include a 180 kilogram 
what's known as a performance verification satellite and four mini cube satellites that weigh about a kilogram each, so not really that heavy. Mm. Um, Nuri will be launched from the Nado Space Center in the southern coastal village of Kohung. Mm. Uh, engineers have reportedly upgraded its third stage, which burned out earlier than expected back in October, despite Nuri reaching its target altitude of 700 kilometers. So it did reach the altitude mm. um, that it wanted. It's just that final, final hurdle that it uh, was unable to um, pass. Overcome, Now, yeah. yeah, and overcome. Now, according to officials, a comprehensive interagency drill was conducted last week to prepare for a wide range of emergency situations. So engineers have really been doing their homework to try and make sure that this time everything goes smoothly. Mm-hmm. Um, things that were uh, tested include fuel leakages uh, and even unapproved drone disruptions, which of course could happen. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if the second launch is successfully completed, then South Korea will become the seventh country in the world with capabilities to launch a satellite weighing over one metric ton into orbit. Uh, the others are the US, China, India, Japan, Russia, and uh, the EU. So mm. uh, if, and hopefully, mm. if uh, the launch is successful, mm. uh, Korea will be joining that list. All right, and on to our fourth keyword of the day. SME support. So President Yoon Sung-yeol and chiefs of South Korea's largest conglomerates have attended a conference of small and medium-sized enterprises at the presidential office. Of course, questions are, what came out of the event? Right, so well, President Yoon Sung-yeol said the government will support SMEs with what he called bold infrastructure investments that will enhance their competitiveness and innovation. Uh, Yoon also vowed to make efforts to create fair market environments for the coexistence of large firms and SMEs. There's always been concerns that the larger players often harm the survivability of uh, smaller uh, companies. And he also vowed to help small firms utilize the fourth industrial revolution as an opportunity for new growth, hinting that he'll uh, nurture all these small um, and medium-sized companies that are Uh, in these uh, future industries from doing uh, well globally. Mm. Now, he promised to expand investments, especially on research and development for SMEs and, of course, provide more tax incentives for their spending on R&D. Now, the heads of the nation's top five conglomerates were also at the event, and they also promised to support SMEs to coexist uh, with them. The Cheba leaders also made handprints with Yoon and the heads of the country's four lobby groups for uh, SMEs, kind of like, um, what's that road on Hollywood with the handprints? Um, the, uh, the, I want to say Walk of Fame, but is it not? <laughs> walk of Fame, that's the one. Uh, basically like a mini Walk of Fame of um, business leaders and uh, lobby groups for SMEs. Um, now, this KBIS convention was actually the first large-size event held at the new presidential office, of course, amidst a, a slew of eased COVID-19 restrictions. And it's also the first time in six years for this event to actually be held at the presidential office. Mm. Um, and the top, the top office said it invited conglomerate leaders and representatives from SMEs to show the UN administration's willingness to step closer to people and its economic policy prioritizing Uh, the private sector. That's kind of been the main difference between the Yoon administration and the Moon Jae-in administration. The mm. Moon administration usually sets out economic policies 
starting off with the public sector first mm. but with yoon he wants to bring in more private firms to mm. initiate his economic policies mm. that seemed to be a, a stark contrast from the gecko he did say prioritizing mm. these businesses and the well-being of those businesses and securing jobs in the private sector would be a priority yeah all right and on to our fifth keyword of the day BOK meeting. The Bank of Korea is meeting today to decide on interest rates. Uh, this is a first board meeting since the BOK's new governor, Lee Chang-yong, took office. What can we expect, Adam? Well, we've been uh, saying this for, I think, the past week or two, uh, but it is pretty likely that they are going to raise the interest rates, uh, even though it has uh, lowered its forecast, uh, economic forecast. Now, the overall consensus among economists is a quarter percentage point rise to 1.75%. There have been hints uh, by the BOK's uh, new governor, as well as the monetary board, about what is known as a big move or this half a percentage point rise. But many economists don't really see that coming in the next one. Maybe in the future, who knows? Uh, The central bank's updated economic outlook is also expected to show a start upward revision uh, to inflation. Of course, the whole reason why these interest rates are rising is to tame this inflation. Um, It earlier said consumer prices would hold at around double the 2% target for some uh, time, Mm -hmm. being the 4% range, namely. Mm -hmm. Um, And a Bank of Korea survey released on Tuesday, I think we mentioned this, showed Korean households' outlook for inflation in the next 12 months Mm -hmm. rose to the highest figure in nine and a half years. Um, They expect an average of 3.3%. That's up from the previous record of 3.1% in April. Um, Now, it's generally agreed that rates will go up, but the concern as ever is what this means for households whose debt uh, has been growing fast. They have uh, dropped on quarter, but Mm. it has risen on year, Mm. uh, according to the latest BOK data. Um, So we'll have to see how uh, the BOK manages, especially under the new governor. Thank you so much, Aaron, for today's coverage. Have a safe day and we'll speak to you again tomorrow. You too. See you tomorrow. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.